You're listening to Mind of the Alpha, raw, unedited, and straight from the wolf's mouth. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bobby, and I am unfortunately in the den uh, by myself this evening. Um, never really done a podcast by myself, but I guess I can kind of wing it. The uh, the other wolves are out and about, and um, you know they're just not going to be able to make it tonight. But we actually have a guest that we're going to be talking to this evening. He is a um, he's currently locked up in the. Oh, where's he at? I think he's in the Lexington um, Medical Facility um, for um, inmates. He's basically, he's a federal prison prisoner, and he's locked up currently for several charges um, stemming from marijuana convictions. And as you all know, recently Joe Biden actually um, was talking about pardoning a lot of people that were... um, locked up for no, you know, kind of no reason and, you know, kind of gave their life up for, uh, marijuana convictions. And the scary part about that is, is there's a lot of people out there that are actually in prison that just can't be, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be. And the fact of the matter is, is this guy, I think you guys are really going to like his story. Um, just simply because, um, you know, he, he is a black man, and um, it sounds like to me, and from reading his story and a lot of the things that were, you know, happened before, um, and, you know, kind of some of this, you know, after reading his case and all that, there, a lot of things don't add up. And I think he'll explain that to you, kind of make you realize, um, you know, what's going on. And also, at the same time, you know, I, I don't think that he's trying to portray that he's innocent by any means. And a lot of times there's a lot of prisoners and and most prisoners, I would say, would say that they are innocent. But at the end of the day, you know, what is the stipulations and what is the um, the statistics on people that are actually locked up in prison um, that may be innocent? But, you know, the thing is, is that Biden recently um, talked about how he is going to um, start pardoning um, marijuana convictions. And the thing is, is I, I believe strongly that we should just legalize marijuana. And there's a lot of people out there that are in prison right now that shouldn't be. And the fact of the matter is, is that why would we classify marijuana a plant, a natural plant, as the same as, you know, something chemical-based such as, you know, heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine, those sort of drugs. And I think we can all agree that those drugs are not... Uh, the same thing, and they don't they don't do the same thing. Um, for God's sakes, I mean we we have alcohol that's legal, and um, I would I would you know I would definitely argue that alcohol is probably worse for you than marijuana, and the you know the negative effects of alcohol. Um, I don't know anybody that's ever died from marijuana use, but I do know a lot of people that have died from alcoholism, driving drunk. And, um, I think they put, you know, their families at risk and other people's families and, and that sort of thing. But tonight's going to be a pretty special episode. We'll get that. Um, we'll get him. He's going to give us a call. Now the way that we're going to have to break that down because he still is federally locked up. Um, and he'll kind of explain more of his story, but because he is still locked up, um, federal regulations are that he has to, um, he can make a phone call. And he can talk to us for 15 minutes, and then he's not allowed to make another call for half an hour, and then he can talk for another 15 minutes. 
Um, so what we'll do is we'll get him on the line here here soon. And once he's on the line, we'll talk to him for about 15 minutes, kind of get a little bit of his background and uh, why he's locked up. Then we're going to get off here and we'll call. We'll get off the phone with him. We're going to call his brother and speak with him because his brother is one of the co-conspirators. Speak with him, kind of get his opinion on the situation. Um, he's no longer locked up. And then what we'll do is we'll get back on the phone with, uh, with Kevin. But um, before we do that, I do want to plug one of our sponsors. All right, everybody, we are back. Hopefully you'll check out one of those sponsors there. And if you guys decide that you would like to start your own podcast, you can always reach out to us and find out. But here soon we are going to be receiving a call um, from federal prisoner Kevin Harden. He is locked up at the Lexington Federal Medical Center because he does have heart conditions and different things like that. And we'll kind of explain that to you. Um, but he is looking at 30 years in prison and has served pr- prison time, I believe, since, uh, I want to say 2015. And um, he still hasn't been released. I, but, you know, and we'll kind of talk more about that. We'll kind of figure that out. Um, but he's going to be jumping on the call with us. And um, I think that we can get some insight into, you know, what it's like to be in prison. And uh, especially as a black man that's been sentenced to 30 years um, for something. And um, I believe he's actually calling us now. This call is from a federal prison. You will not be charged for this call. This call is from... Kevin Harden. This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call, you may begin speaking now. Hello. Hey, Kevin. How you doing, man? It's Bobby. Hi. I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Good, man. Can you can you hear me okay? Yes, I hear you okay. Awesome, man. How you, how, so you're doing all right, man. Um, it's good to hear your voice, man. As best as I can. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I know you only have what you can only talk for about 15 minutes at a time. Is that correct? Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. It's just me tonight. Um, my other co-hosts actually aren't in. Um, if for some reason you can't, you know, can't hear me or anything like that, just let me know, okay? Okay. All right, so um, I wanted to kind of, you know, talk to you and find out your, a little bit about your background. Um, can you tell us, you know, what, what exactly are you, um, where are you, where are you located, um, and kind of give us a little bit of an idea of why you're, why you're imprisoned. received 30 years for marijuana um, for going to trial and I was prosecuted in the state of Texas when the so-called crime was supposed to happen in Indianapolis, Indiana. What they did was they flew, they flew 19 police officers from Indiana to Texas and they prosecuted me in Eastern District of Texas saying saying a truck had to drive through Texas to get to Indianapolis, the Eastern District. So when when you were arrested, you were arrested in Indianapolis, you said? Yes. Okay. And um, what exactly were you charged with? I mean, what was the, you know, what and what were you charged with and what did you end up being convicted of? Marijuana conspiracy. Okay. So basically selling marijuana? Yes. Okay. And were you actually, now let me, let me ask you this, Kevin, because I want to make sure, 
Um, you're not here to proclaim your innocence. Is that correct? You're just here to kind of advocate for yourself and to figure out why you've got so much time. Is that correct? Yes. So exactly. So they flew you. They, they took you down to Texas to, to try you. That's correct. Yes. So tell me about that. What, what exactly, you know, why you said that that is because a truck had to go through Texas? Uh, that's what the district attorney said. Okay. When he was showing the map, about it wouldn't go up and around through Chicago. It would have to come through the Eastern District of Texas to get to Indianapolis. Okay, okay. Why would they be coming from, why would they take you to Texas, though? Why would they think that it was coming through Texas? Um, they had people testify. Um, they said that's the direction they believe it came. They didn't know for sure because they never had a truck driver to verify any of this. Really? So it was just speculation on their part, is that correct? Yes, basically hearsay. People trying to, uh, to say anything they wanted them to say to mostly save themselves. Now, I will say, I am innocent of them saying I was a part of this conspiracy in 2006 and seven. Okay. So at that time, at that time, I was working at Groove Athletic, and I was working the second job, which is they had a club they own, and I was the bouncer on the weekend just to bring in extra money. And that was 2006, and then in 2007, my A order ended up busting when I got off work. Oh shit! Really? Yes, I went to sleep, and I woke up because it felt like a ball was in my throat. So I was rushed to the hospital. This call is from a federal prison. And I was rushed into emergency surgery. Okay. And then after I had that surgery, seven days later, it, re- it reopened. So I had another surgery. So was it was it like a, um, what, what is that? Is that like an aneurysm, or what, what, what is that called? Yes, it's an AR aneurysm, which is the main valve that pumps the blood through the uh, body. Okay. Usually they say, usually you die instantly once that happens. Damn, really? Yeah, so basically I was lucky through that. So in 2006 and seven, when they tried to say I was part of this, it wasn't true. So so at the time that they were saying that you were you were, um, you know, part of this, is it was it a actual criminal organization or... Um, something you were doing on your own, or, or can you talk about that? Or if you can, kind of explain it to us a little bit about that. Uh, it was a marijuana conspiracy to where uh, basically all the people on my case and stuff for me had either been out been out for a while or they were pardoned by Trump. Okay, so they, this was that was after um, the conviction they spent time in prison, is that correct? Yes, some of them okay. that I know of. So how many, how many co-conspirators were there on your case? 17, if I'm exact, 17. 17, okay. And um, now let me ask you this. So it sounds like to me, and I was, right, I was reading, um, Missy sent me some information to read about your case, and yes. I was reading over it, and it sounds like to me they rail, they're railroading you because you're basically because you're a black man. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Now... So 17 co-conspirators, how many of those co-conspirators were black and how many, were there white men as well or were they all black? No, the, uh, like the, the, the ones that was higher on the list, uh-huh. like the, the, the doctors and them, 
Mm-hmm. For some reason, they happened on one charge. Okay. But it was part of this conspiracy, but they wasn't charged. They weren't charged at all? At all. Really? Okay. And Why? then the number one the one dude, that was the main dude, he's been out. He don't, he, he don't open a business and post it all over Facebook. Really? Okay. So he... And this, what do you mean by the main dude? What, what, what exactly was his part in the, the, uh, the operation? The head dude. So he ran everything. He basically took care of everything. Was handling basically all of it, and was kind of like your. From what I understand, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, were you running? Were you, were you part of a conspiracy to bring marijuana into the United States, or was it something where you were? You know, kind of a middleman, or, or what was your role exactly in the organization? Okay, I want to explain how I even got into this in the first place. Okay, please do. When my A-order bus, uh, the second time, my job said I couldn't come back, so they laid me off. And I, I started getting disability. Okay. And so, after that, I, I couldn't go back to work. They said, once I heal, get completely, whatever. So... In 2008, when I was uh, when I ran into them, they asked me only to have a stash house. So in 2008, got a house to hold it. Okay, okay. So they asked you basically just to, um, you weren't actually you know bringing the marijuana in or anything like that. They just wanted you to kind of store it for them until they could yes. get rid of it. Is that is that what I'm understanding? Yes. Okay. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, that's exactly what they wanted me to do. But other than that, and, and all the stories of, that they made up and had them coach the other people to say, do a trial, like uh, I um, had to do with the semis, the warehouses and stuff, that that wasn't true. I got you. The main person, the main person to that I don't even think he was charged. When we asked about certain people during the trial, they said they haven't been charged yet or convicted yet. So, basically, then they tried to uh, say, uh, I'm trying to get everything they said. That's what they said. So, basically, they charged me for stuff that other people said but really couldn't verify. This call is from a federal prison. Okay. And um, so, so basically, they were charging you based off of speculation. Is that correct? Yeah, because no, it was never ever any marijuana covered or raided or anything. The final, the way they got me was I was going to pick up my prescription for CVS. Okay. And that's where they got, that's where they got me. That's where they arrested you. Yes, and like I always say, like I told them, I said I wouldn't have had a problem to plead to something I did in Indianapolis. But I'm not going to plead to something that I never did in Texas. I got you. So so did you, so when they, when you told them that, exact, you know, when it was at the, who arrested you? Was it the FBI, the Sheriff Department? Who who exactly were you, were you speaking with at that time? It was uh, the Texas, uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Was it the state police or was it the local Sheriff Department? It was more, I think, federal. Okay. Okay, so when they when they did that, and I let me ask you this real quick, Kevin. So you're you're able to make calls for 15 minutes at a time, is that correct? 
Yes. Okay, so it looks like we're probably coming to about five minutes left on this call. Um, or actually about four minutes left. Um, what what time are you allowed to make calls until? Up until 8.30 and then they won't come back on to have to count. That'd oh. be 9.30. Okay, okay. So if we, if we need to break this up into multiple calls, you're okay with that? Yes, that's fine. Perfect, okay. Because I think what I'm going to do is after you and I get off the phone for this first call, um, yeah. I'm going to actually call your brother, Sed, and I'm going to speak with him as well. Um, okay. And because and I believe he was part of the um, part of the uh, conviction as well, right? He was one of the co-conspirators. Yes. Okay. So, so in 2007, is that when you were arrested? No, I was arrested in 2011. 2011, and they're saying that that stimulated from 2007, 2006, 2007. Yeah, they took it back and said 2006, 2000. To 2011 and tried to steer you away. I was part of something back then when I wasn't. I got you. Okay, so so after, when did you actually get involved with the organization? Uh, sometime in 2008. Okay, and you admit to that fully, right? You're not trying to deny that at all, right? No, I was part of something that was going on in Indianapolis. Okay, not okay. Okay. Now, as far as so, was it was it considered was this part of like an inter or I'm sorry, in in like a national organization or was this part of a you know was it were are we talking about people, you know, like a crime organization from like Mexico or, or you know, are you I don't know what you can and can't talk about is what I'm saying. No, I, I the main one I knew was it was local. Okay. Okay. So, so how did you end up? And actually, you got about we got about a minute and a half left on the call. Um, I think. Um, so I, you know, what'll happen? What what happens when the call does the call just cut off, or how what how does that work? It gives two beeps, and it, then it let me know it's about to cut off. So it'll give two beeps and then cut off right away. Yes. Okay. All right. So just kind of you know explain as much as you can. How did you get charged as the, were you charged as, did you receive the most time out of all of the other co-conspirators? No, uh, my co-conspirators say life. They gave him a reduction. Okay. And then, and then Trump pardoned him on the last day in office, I think at 21. Okay. Or 20, January the 24th. His last day in office, Trump pardoned him. Really? Okay. Now... Did he? Was that something he had to apply for? Was that something that was automatically done, or what? How exactly did it lead up to Trump giving him a pardon? I, I guess some of the people he knew. No. Okay. Did he apply? With it. Did he apply yes. for it, or? Yes, he applied for it. He did. Now, did you apply for it as well? Yes. Okay. Now, when you, how did you apply for it? I mean, what exactly? So you were convicted, and how, how, when, when did you actually start your prison sentence? Uh, exactly. I got arrested in 2011. It took two years in trial to go to trial, 2013. Okay. And did you spend, how, how soon after um, you were charged did they send you to Texas to be tried? It, it, it took me about a, a month to six weeks to get there. Okay. Now, were you locked up then? And so have you been locked up since then? Or have you yeah. been? You have okay. And when did you actually start your federal prison sentence? Because I believe you are you are federally in 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 a federal inmate, correct? 
2013. So you started in 2013. So you've been locked up for, what, about nine, a little over nine years now? Yeah, in federal, all together over 11. Okay, I got you. Okay. And now, as far as the, the conviction goes, I mean, what, you know, what, they so they sent you to Texas from Indianapolis because they feel like that you were, um, you know, they, they, they said that there was trucks running through Texas up to where you were at in Indianapolis, correct? Okay, so as far as that goes, I mean, you know, and you're saying that that's not true. You were just you were just at the stat you were just running the stash house in Indianapolis, right? Hello. Nope. Oh, looks like we uh, we lost him. We'll go ahead and give his brother a call real quick, and we'll speak with him. So give me just a second, guys. I hopefully you're turning in here, tuning in. And his brother's name is Sed. Hello? Hey, is it Sed? Yeah, this is Sed. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How you doing? It's Bobby. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Bobby. What's going on? Not much, man. I actually just got off the phone with Kevin. Um, and he was kind of telling us a little bit about his story. Unfortunately, though, the call got cut off. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know he was going to be getting off the phone there. We didn't even get to say bye. So um, is that oh, pretty... Yeah. Is that pretty common when you're when you're locked up? Do they just kind of cut the phone off on you? Yeah, man. It it, it, it could be several things. It could be mm-hmm. a word that was said they didn't like. They hang it up. Um, most of the time, it's just uh, it's like a fifteen minute to yeah, we were call. Sometimes it just it just it just hangs up. Don't you don't warn you nothing. Damn, really? Okay. I didn't I didn't realize that. We were on the phone for about 15 minutes, so that's probably what it was. Um, so so your 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 name said that's um your Kevin's brother, is that right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I know that um, when Missy reached out to us or Melissa reached out to us, she wanted us to kind of talk to Kevin and get his side of the story and kind of, you know, some of the things that he's, you know, he going through being locked up actually still in federal, um, you know, federal prison. And then she also wanted us, you know, to kind of see if we wanted to talk to you as well, because I believe you were, you were one of the co-conspirators in the case. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. I was one of the co-conspirators in the case. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you're not, you're no longer locked up. How, how did you end up? How, how did you get out before Kevin? Um, basically, um, I just kind of like wrote it out and plead out on, on the case. Okay. Um, I actually, Kevin got out most of that time because, um, they were trying to label him as something else and basically he went to trial. And then when you in the government, the government look at if you get found guilty in trial, they'll just max you out. They'll max you out. And basically, what he was just trying to do is prove that he wasn't this person they were trying to say he was. And they still found him guilty. So. I, I got you. Okay. And is that, does that stimulate from him being moved to, um, he said that he was actually arrested in Indianapolis and then um, he was um, indi- or in, actually indicted in Texas. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Texas, Texas indicted. I guess Indiana didn't touch it. And somehow in Texas indicted us. <laughs> I still don't know how, but they did. They so he ca- it sounds like he kind of got railroaded. 
pretty much. It was it was basically a case of uh, one person there, and they said that we was all serious of, of uh, some type of trafficking back and forth to Texas, and that wasn't the case. It wasn't even that. It wasn't nothing like that. Okay. But they made it look like that. So he so. he basically what he you know kind of what he was explaining to us is that he was he was actually and he admitted to his wrongdoing. Um, right. if you would yeah, call it wrongdoing, yeah. I mean, I have my, you know, my thoughts on marijuana laws and things like that, which I think are bullshit. And I'm sure you agree as well. Um, oh, yeah. the fact yeah. that they classify marijuana as a, as a, um, you know, a, a class one or schedule one yeah. drug is ridiculous to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so when you, when you were picked, were you arrested at the same time as Kevin as well? No, actually they, um, they arrested me um, like a year and a half later. Really? So it was a- it was after he was arrested. Yeah, it was him. He was arrested with several other uh, people, and yeah, they got me a year and a half later. Okay. Now Kevin was telling me that his part in the the operation was basically he was running a stash house and yeah. was holding, yeah. I guess, holding the marijuana for. Um, you know, for the organization that he was holding for, I don't know exactly what the organization was. Um, yeah, it, it was it wasn't even an organization; it was just a person. It wasn't really it was like in the, yeah, these it was individuals. Basically, my part was I I purchased stuff from the guy. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's what it was. You know, so I was so. By me purchasing, and and that's what I was trying to prove. Say, hey, I wasn't. We really wasn't part of it. I was just purchasing some of it, but they didn't gotcha. care about that. They just told me that, yeah, you part of it. <laughs> so, so did you? Did you plead guilty, or did you try to fight it, or how? What happened with you? Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, I've been incarcerated once before, and. Sitting in there, you learn things. And what I mean by that, the government, the way they work, is that basically they try to plead you out. You know what I'm saying? If you go to trial most of the time, they're going to they're gonna give you a lot of time for trying to prove. And most of the guys, a lot of guys go to trial because they say, hey, that's not me. I, I didn't I didn't do all that. I just want to prove that I didn't do all that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they might know that. And they know that. Mm-hmm. But, one thing that be found guilty on one charge, and that's all it takes. And you're gonna get you're gonna get everything they can get, and some. So, so it's it sounds like they they kind of punish you for for trying to fight and prove your innocence. Is that right? Yes, yes. It's definitely the system is designed like that, and it's crazy. But that's that's how it is. And basically, I was going to trial too, and they came to me at the end. With a plea bargain, and I look like this, man. I'm a little older than them. I said, "Hey, I got, I got, I got to go ahead and take this." You no, know, I don't want to be talking about nothing I don't know about. Don't, don't have me trying to testify against somebody because I don't know what you're talking about with these gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Half the people on there we didn't even know. You know, we just guys he just picked up. So they had people. Are you saying that they had people testify against you that you had you had no idea who they even were? Yeah, one of the guys, I didn't even know who it was. My lawyer came and told me there was a guy who was testifying against me. And I was like, testifying against me? He's like, yeah. And I was like, uh, 
So I just basically had to, I had, I had to weigh my options, man. I wanted to see my kids again, you know. Of I course, ain't wanted yeah. to be in there for 30 years or 40 years. So, you know, I, I ended up pleading out to 120 months. 120 months. And so what is that? That's, uh, what, eight years or so? Nine years. Ten years. years. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, years, man. listen, man. I'm not that great at at, uh, at basic math, obviously. So, um, <laughs> so you went in um, when they convicted you. You plea, you you went ahead and plea, did a plea bargain for for 120 months. Um, yeah. Where and that was that in Indianapolis, or did you get moved to Texas to to as well? Well, actually, I went to uh, actually was in Texas. And then they shipped me to um, uh, Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky. Were so you I in the same? Were you in the same prison as Kevin? No. You no. weren't. Okay. No. So no. let me ask you this: What part of Texas did they bring you to? I mean, kind of. You know what? What exactly? I know Kevin said that they brought him to Texas from Indianapolis because. They said one of the trucks had to go through Texas to get to Indianapolis to bring the marijuana up to him, um, well, which sounds like to me a bullshit, a bullshit excuse to move him to a you know a yeah. Republican state, basically. Well, well, basically they said they said we was getting marijuana from Texas, mm-hmm. and basically the, the Eastern District of Texas indicted us, and the way they indicted us, they said that. If they got the marijuana from wherever at in Mexico, whatever they said it was coming from, they had to drive through the Eastern District to get back to Indiana, which is bullshit, straight bullshit. Right. And we, right. And that was one of the things he was trying to prove. Say, hey, I don't know. What do you mean? Where? Show us where you proved this was coming through the Eastern District of Texas. It wasn't like that. It was that that that's that's the thing they was doing in the Eastern District. Like, it was crazy. There was a lot of guys in there for the craziest things. They said that if it went through, if it went anywhere to the Midwest or or uh, Arkansas or whatever, they said it had to drive through there. That's how they were getting indicted. I got right. you. Okay. Now, when they when they did when they brought you to Texas, what what kind of town was it? I mean, was it was it a big city in Texas, or we talking like a small no. city or? Yeah, very, very small. Um, it was a very small town. Um, oh my God, I can't remember the name of it. It was. Um, it was real small. It was a. It was. It was actually a warehouse they put us in with no windows. I mean, it was something. It was, it was just crazy, man. It was just like, and it was like eight guys in a in a box, and we just all was stuffed in there and. It was just, it was just, it was crazy. The conditions was terrible. You know, what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you, you you do wrong. We accept our responsibilities and stuff like that. But it was just, I, I just couldn't believe it. And basically, it seemed like they they put guys into places like that to to make them break and just give up because that's what it was. That what was going on there. It was giving up because you couldn't take it no more because it was a mental stress on. You. What what do you mean by a warehouse? I mean, what what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, it was like literally a a building with no windows, with sections of cubicles that they just housed guys in. You know, what I mean, everything was in one little 
cubicle. Your your bathroom, the shower, the TV room, everything was just there, and you was in close, close uh, confinement. And like I said, it was guys in there that was just losing it, and they just they couldn't take it no more, and they just did whatever they had to do just to get out of there. You know what I'm saying? It was just crazy. It's, it's like a mental game they play with you, and they just leave you there. They don't, you know, just, they don't, you know, medical was terrible. You really couldn't see the doctors. You know, it was just, it was just terrible, man. It was just crazy. I got you. Okay, so so it was just, you know, poor, it sounds like pretty poor conditions, right? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and, and like I said, even though we, we do something wrong, you guys have the, you know, the consequences, but we should have never been taken to Texas if they said the stuff was happening in Indiana. That's what we, that's what one of the things my brother was trying to say, like everything was going on in Indiana with him. He never um, anticipated nothing was going on if it was going on in Texas. Gotcha. That was the thing that, why, that's why he went to trial, to prove that. So do you, do you feel it. like... Do you feel like, because from from what I've read, um, black men are almost four times as likely to be um, incarcerated for uh, marijuana arrest than a white man. And do you feel like that that's why they moved him to Texas? Because was it was it more of a and and I'm not trying to paint a picture. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you guys both admit that you had part of you took part in this and you're not trying to say that you were completely innocent. Um, but at the end of the day, do you feel like that he was kind of railroaded just because he is a black man and was um, arrested for, you know, conspiracy to sell marijuana? I mean, it, 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 yeah, no, because, you know, it was, it was different uh, nationalities on this case. So my thing is, is that when when the indictment or however they got the indictment, we what we need to understand is how we was indicted in Texas and why was we taken to Texas if the, if everything was really going on in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so the things I was looking at in it, on the case was that Indiana must have enough evidence to, to indict us. Mm-hmm. So how did it, how did the, how did the Eastern District of Texas get a, enough evidence? And they had the same evidence because all the evidence, all the evidence came from Indiana to them. That's why we we understand that. Right. So, what are your what are your thoughts as to why that they would you know how or number one how did Texas get that evidence and um, was able to you know establish a conv- a, a uh, indictment and then also at the same time convict both of you? Um, what why why do you think that is? Designed like that, <laughs> especially with the federal government, is it's just when they when they come at you, you know they don't care who they drag into the net, they don't care who they destroy, they don't care what families are torn apart. It's just they just want the conviction. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's, right. It boils down to that. They you know they pull people away from things, uh, they life that. Couple of them guys, I think they don't even have nothing to do with it. Nothing on there, and I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? But they dragged them into the net because they wanted conviction. And then the guy that they really um, said was the, the guy that was in charge of things. They say uh, he ended up testifying against everybody. He so <laughs> he so the guy that the guy that was actually. Um, 
running the operation. He he's the one. He he kind of you know over or turned over on you guys. Yeah, he turned on everybody. He, he turned on everybody to lessen his time. Really, he, and made up and made up and said whatever they wanted him to say. I got you. I got you. So so let me ask you this. I said what? Kevin's locked up. You're not. And how long have you been out? Uh, this is a bit over, uh, but under two years. Under two years, and you haven't been in any trouble since then, right? No, no. I'm. I mean, I'm in several programs that was offered by the government. You know, like just like Kevin. Kevin's in there. Um, what they say, programming, which is basically he just um, educating himself um, to be a productive citizen when he do come home. You know, and in some places, if you don't apply yourself, you won't get what you need or the tools you need for when you do come home. So that is some of the things that, you know, Kevin's in there doing, and that's what I did. It was several programs in there that I took advantage of, and it was able to get me out a little bit earlier, and I was able to, you know, come home and get into another program that Indiana offers called a REACH program. And that REACH program um, actually helps you get employment, you know, get you housing, whatever you need, and, and you know, so you can start over. So, so basically, that's what I had to do. I had to start over. And that's the same thing I want for Kevin. Like, when he come home, we're just going to get him into these programs and just so he can get on his feet, you know. So. Right. And, and the thing is, man, is, I mean, a lot of times they make it really hard for you to kind of get back up on your feet after you get out of prison. And yeah, I feel yeah. like that the, 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 the whole, the whole purpose behind prison is, is supposedly for rehabilitation, right? Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like that the rehabilitation is possible for someone that's been, I mean, Kevin's been in prison for, um, since what, 2013? Uh, a little bit, probably 12. Well, like, in a, he was in 11 or beginning of 12, yeah. He'd been there. And like I said, what what you have to do is you you have to just basically have to do things for yourself there. And if you don't apply them, you'll just be in there just laying around doing nothing. And when you come home, you're going to have nothing. So the stuff that you can get in there, the tools, like I call them, you can come home and you can be productive. I am, you know. I know there's a lot of places that at first wouldn't hire me, but I was persistent and I stayed on it and I kept on, kept on. And I got, I got a really good job, and they know my history, and they understand it, and then they gave me a chance, and you know I'm doing great. You know? So that's awesome, man. Same thing. That's awesome. Yeah, you can do the same thing. So you did you get out? Did you end up doing all your time, or did you get out early? I got a I got a little bit early because the the federal government has a, a drug program and the drug program I took the drug program and it it gave it took off like eighteen months my time okay so yeah so and like I said I'm still in this program and this and then like I said this program um, helped me with a lot to just get back, you know, to a point that, you know, I can take care of myself. 
know what I'm saying? And I don't have to go back to the other side of, of say, the street and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I made my mistake. Basically gives you the tools to be able to maintain your, your life. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so why is it that, why do you think that, um, so Kevin, it sounds like to me, so he, you put, you did a plea bargain. Kevin went and tried to fight it and prove his innocence. And obviously he didn't win. Um, do you feel like that Kevin made the right decision or do you think that he, he should have taken a plea bargain as well? What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I can't, I can't really say what, what he was, uh, was thinking or doing, I think he just wanted to be, if he was going to be found guilty, he wanted to be found guilty for the things he done. That's what he was, that's what I think that's what he was trying to tell us. Like, this, this is what I, this is my part. But they were trying to say, no, you was doing all of this. He's like, no, I, this is my part. This is all I had part of in this situation. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is real talk, man. This, when you deal with the government, man, you, you have to either, you know, like you got solid, solid defense. You got to plea out. You usually got to plea out with these people, man. It's just, it's just honest truth, man. So they basically, and, they basically fuck you, man. They, they basically are like, look, you're gonna, you're gonna fucking either, you're either going to plead out. And, yeah. you know, plead guilty to this charge or we're going to send you, we're going to put you away for, you know, the, the majority yeah. of the rest of your life. Yeah, I met, a, I, met a, I met a lot of guys that went to trial and they what they had in this trial. And they said, basically, they were just trying to prove that they wasn't who they said they were. But at the end of the day, they ended up giving them 30 years. Some guys, it was their first time ever being in trouble, 30 years, and I met a couple of the guys that did their entire 30 years, man, and, got, and he went home. It was crazy. It was, and it's just, just the system, man, like I said, they don't, they don't budge on that kind of stuff. Sometimes it makes it, you know, frustrating, you know. So now it's a little bit, it's a little bit different because you do have organizations um, like Change.org, um, you know, you guys talking about it is it's more discussed than it ever have been. You know, people are really like looking like three people locked up for marijuana. Mm-hmm. Like really, you know. What do you yeah, What do you think about what What do you think about? I don't know if you saw in the news that um, President Biden recently and and I don't know what your how your feelings are on Biden or if you like or dislike him, and that doesn't really um, you know pertain to anything that I'm I'm trying to figure out, but. What do you feel like he he recently talked about how um, there's so many people out there? I think 88 percent of of people that are locked up for a simple possession of marijuana, um, and in talking about you know then we need to work towards pardoning these people. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts would be that that'd be a great start. I mean, it'd be a great start. You you have. Uh, uh, company is now making millions and millions of dollars off the same thing mm-hmm. of, that we was incarcerated, uh, well, indicted for and incarcerated for, you know, and I don't think that's fair. So how is that any fairness to that? You know, they, 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 they profiting and you, you incarcerate, lock everybody up. And this is at a time we got 
indicted, they was just starting to turn the tables on legalization. Like, no place, you know, California always kind of, like, been legal, you know what I'm saying? Medical. Right. So, Indiana's uh, been, always been pretty, uh, pretty anti-marijuana, from what I understand. Yeah, they, they still are. They still are. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, they finally now, they, 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 some, there's some talk on the table, they're still talking about it, you know, I try to, you know, stay, uh, uh, bro, uh, what's going on with some of the laws and how they change, but like I said, at the federal level, if it changes, I think he has a lot better chance of uh, uh, coming home. Like I said, I, I even wrote the president, man. I, like, I, I mean, I even laid it out to him on a letter, just let him know, like, hey, we, we accept the responsibility for what we've done, but I just think that that time was just too much. You know, it, it's like my brother don't have the greatest health, you know. So mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it's a constant, like, when I talk to him, I'm always asking if he's okay, you know, and stuff like that, and, you know, he's, he's a strong, he's a strong guy, man. His spirit's always strong. He's always, you know, he's got a lot of faith, you know, so. Right. I told you, you just got to, you know, keep praying and, you know, keep pushing forward. And that's what we do. Like, things like this with this platform that you have, you know, I'm very grateful and I appreciate you talking to me and him. So Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I definitely. awareness to it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I want to do, man. I mean, it you know, at the end of the day, we all fuck up and and people always make mistakes right. and and I think a lot of times the problem set is that a lot of um these politicians and oh man, people, you know, people that that set the walls and they they kind of, you know, from what I from what I've read, you know, railroad people into um taking, you know, plea bargains or or you know, serving right. long sentences they don't really, they've never come from a background that you come from. You know what I mean? So the thing is, is that the thing is, is that, you know, they don't take into account the fact that, you know, they, sometimes you've got to sell some weed to, to make ends meet. And I think a lot of times that they, you know, that's missed. And, and, um, unfortunately, man, capitalism, it can be an evil thing and it can be a good thing. And, and a lot of times in, in a case like this, it sounds like it's an evil thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he wasn't a person that he, he didn't want to steal. He, no, no one, we never forced no one to buy anything or we, you know, it's, it's, it's marijuana. It's a, it's, a, it's a peaceful smoke, you know, I Exactly, you right, know? exactly. So, you know, people, you know, you got people that really needed it, you know. I ain't talking about, you know, I wasn't no... In the, in the medical marijuana, but just the point, like you know, it helps. It helps ease some of that pain of anxiety, anxiety depression, stress, depression. It helped people, you know. And it helped me, you know. It kept me, you know, so that I didn't want to go out here stealing and bobbing people. You know, right? Yeah, that was just what in my character or him. We wasn't like that. You know? Right. So, right. You weren't in yeah, it to just, to hurt anybody. You're in it to you know no. kind of make make things work. So. Um, let me ask you this, Ed, because I think Kevin's probably going to be calling me here pretty soon, so I need to take a quick bathroom break. Um, right. But do you um, are you okay with me giving you a call back here after I talk to him? Yeah, that's fine. You okay. Okay. Do you want me? Do you have a, any message you want me to give Kevin when he calls me? Or and, um, and they tell him I love him and tell him the letter I sent to Biden. They, they said they answered it and um, they said he sent it to the. 
the people they need to go to. So, like I said, I'm, I'm keep writing them. I'm not gonna. I just keep writing them. I just, you know, I let them know. I let them know who he is. You know, I let them know what kind of person he is. You know. Gotcha. Okay. Keep that. Keep, keep that thought, man, because I definitely want to talk to you a little bit more about that if that's okay. Man, Bob. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right, buddy. I will. Um, I'll give you a call back. I think he's gonna call me here in a few minutes, and then I will call you as soon as we get off the phone with him. All right, cool. All right, thanks, man. It was good talking to you. I'll talk to you All in right. a few. You too, Bob. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. So you just heard from Sed. That's Kevin's brother. Um, Kevin's actually going to be giving me a call back here pretty soon. Check out our, you know, ch- go ahead and check out our social media is why I'm doing that. Hey, Alphas. We would like to invite you to join the pack. You can find us on Facebook at Mind of the Alpha Podcast, Instagram at Mind.OfTheAlpha, and YouTube at Mind of the Alpha Podcast. We hope to see you commenting. Now let's get back to this week's show. All right, guys. Hopefully you checked out that that uh, our social media is there. Um, join our group. We definitely, definitely would appreciate that. And if you could share the uh, podcast with your friends and family, that'd be great. Um, currently, I am just waiting on Kevin to give us a call back. Um, kind of weird how they just cut off his phone call. And when they cut off his phone call, they didn't even they didn't give me any sort of warning or anything like that. So I don't know at this time. I, I'm not sure if he was able to, if he got cut off um, because of something we said, as you heard said talking about. Sometimes they cut your call off for no reason um, or something that they you said that they didn't like. Um, I'm sure that they don't like the fact that we are, you know, kind of doing an interview with one of the federal inmates. But, hey, you know, at the end of the day, those are people, too. And um, so I'm just kind of waiting on him to give us a call back and g- or give me a call back. I'm not sure what's going on at this point. Um, hopefully we can reach out and find out what's going on. All right, guys. So um, I took another quick break just because I'm waiting on Kevin to give me a call. But. Unfortunately, he hasn't given us a call back, so I, hopefully he's all right. Um, not sure exactly what happened there, but I'd love to hear more of his story. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to give his wife a call. Um, his, her name is Melissa, so let's, let's see if we can get her on the phone here. Hello? Hello. How are hey. you? Hey, is this Melissa? This is she. Hey, it's Bobby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I'm um I'm waiting on. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you're being recorded right now. So, um but we we actually I spoke with it's just me right now. My other co-hosts they couldn't make it this evening. Um so I went ahead and just took the call myself. But I talked to Kevin. He called us at right at 7:15 and the call cut off at 7:30. Um, with no warning or anything like that. And then um, I spoke with Seth as well, and I just got off the phone with Seth about five minutes ago. Um, so I wanted to kind of get on here. What Do you think Kevin's going to give us a call back? Or? Uh, yeah, he should be calling you right back. I know they sometimes there becomes a little bit of a line to get on the phone. I got you. Okay. So what I'll do is um, if his call pops in, I'm going to answer his call. Um not to be rude to you or anything like that, but I want to make sure, you know, we get him on the line when he can. 
Um, but yeah, what, that's fine. So you're are you you're Kevin's wife? Is that correct? Yes. You are okay. So, kind of tell us. I mean, we we kind of spoke with Kevin, got a little bit of information and background story on what he, you know, kind of why he was locked up. And um, I think when we when we got off the phone, when the, when the phone line cut out, it actually he was telling us about how he had been um, transported to Texas to be, he was indicted in Texas. Is that right? Yeah, he was indicted in Texas, but it all occurred in Indianapolis. Right. That's what he said. Okay. And he said that he was basically um, just running a stash house. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they said. He was a stash house and then it was part of something with the Mexican cartel. And when they got word of the investigation, they put him as the leader of the whole organization. Who did? The the Mexican cartel did or? Uh, no, the courts. Really? Okay. So what what exactly, you know, I, I kind of want you reach out to me and, and ask me if I, you know, you were kind of telling me his story and all that. What is your ultimate goal with um, getting his story made public? The ultimate goal, goal is just to basically for everybody who's getting these long sentences for marijuana. You know, they have marijuana as a Schedule One drug, which is higher than a, a heroin drug classification. And the government is making money and capitalizing off the same things these people are in jail for that are away from their families. And I just, I just feel, well, a lot of people feel the injustice of this. I mean, 30 years for marijuana, he's getting more time than somebody who's killing people with heroin, a rapist, a murderer. And it's it just the whole, the whole court hearing just was completely absurd. It, it just didn't make sense. And then they put him as a career offender and going back on charges when he was a kid. And then some of them charges, like I was telling you, was from a different Kevin Harden in the same neighborhood. And we've been fighting to get that off his record before because those charges are not his. Let, let me ask you this. So what, what exactly, what are, what are those charges? And kind of go into a little detail. How did they get added onto his case? And, and um, you know, has it been proven that, that it wasn't him? Um, it hasn't been proven that it wasn't him. Um, I reached out to the courts and they told me clearly it wasn't him. That that, was, that that was the wrong Kevin, but in the court when he was in hearing and had the jury and the trial, they made it seem like it was him, and one of the charges was him supposedly robbing a woman and making her strip, and he was slapping her, and that's not him at all. He won't even disrespect a woman. He grew up in an abusive home, seeing his mother go through a lot of things, and the jury, you know, a lot of people, when they go up in front of the judge, the judge and the people that are the prosecutors are trying to label him as this harsh criminal and that's probably why he got most of the time that he's a danger to society when he's not i mean when he was younger he did a little bit of i think he stole a car or something but other than that the charges they brought up in court was not his and the so, problem with that is so what, people are labeled something why do you think that they were able to do that and and if that's the case then and not to you know, I, I just want to get, you know, kind of both sides of the story here. So if that's the case and it wasn't the charges, it wasn't him that did it, why do you think that they were able to um, bring them up in court and then also make the, I guess as they would say, make the charges stick against him? The charges of the younger charges? 
No, the the of him, you know, the mistaken identity. You're saying that he was um, wrongly charged with something that some other Kevin Harden had done. Is that right? Yeah, they're very closely. Re- their names are the same. Their location was the same, but the age difference was by a couple of years. So I don't know when they were gathering their case together. Maybe they made a mistake and put those cases in with his or did something crooked and just try to add more charges to say, hey, maybe if we let the jury know that he's done all of this, that we can give him a 30-year sentence for marijuana because he's a danger in the eyes of everybody that's in that courtroom when he's not. I mean, that the charge was marijuana. It was no violence with it, no drugs, nobody, I mean, no guns, nobody got hurt. It was just a large amount of marijuana that wasn't even on him or even anywhere around him. So that, that what's concerning, now does he have, do you guys have a lawyer working for you or working yes. for Kevin currently? Is, is this a uh, public defender or is it someone that you guys have hired? It's someone we've hired. You have, okay. Now, now so let me ask you this. So it sounds like to me that they, they trumped up his charges and they put this other guy's shit in his case. Um, what, why hasn't the, the, the lawyer that you have working on his case, why hasn't he brought that up in court? And if he does, then, you know, and it's provable that he's not that same Kevin Harden. If they trumped up his charges, then why can't that be thrown out? Well, I don't really think it trumped up the charges per se. It was just in the court to make him look like an, some evil person because the only charge he got convicted of was the 1,000 pounds of marijuana. But they used it against him, right? Yeah, definitely they did. And the lawyer's definitely working on that. The lawyer's been working on a lot of things, especially with why he was flown all the way to Texas and tried in the first place and why some of the police that were supposedly under investigation with this case never showed up to the court down in Texas from Indianapolis. So Kevin, just- Kevin didn't actually get to tell us about that. Um, I asked him about that and he kind of, he did it. It seems like to me that he got railroaded because he's a black man. Do you feel like that? That's, that's, that's the case. Um, I know it's the case. Uh, when Trump was in office, he pardoned all the white co-defendants, and one of the co-defendants actually got a life sentence for his partake in this crime, supposedly, and he was pardoned by Trump. He's the only man sitting back in the bar, behind bars still. Everybody else... Were these all other white, white? Were they other white men, or were they black? other yeah. black men? Or um, His brother... Was mm-hmm. there, of course. He did his course, years. Yeah. I forgot how many years he had. But the other ones, they were all white, and they have been home with their families for a couple of years now. Now, did they did they apply? What did you call that? You called that the uh, compassionate release. Is that correct? Uh, yes, for his uh, health issues. Okay. So what, what exactly is the compassionate release? Is that a program that they can apply for, or is that something that well, they just automatically... Um, they could apply for it anytime, but especially during COVID, it was a big thing because uh, people who have pre-existing health conditions that were posed a risk could be released on early compassion because of their health. And he was actually denied that, even though he's had an aortic aneurysm and four open heart surgeries. And he had a cardiac arrest, a stroke, and he died at one of the operations. Um, they told him he wasn't uh, approved for compassionate relief because he was not in dire need of compassionate release, but his former cellmate, who was a white man, was released because he had asthma. 
Really? Okay. So when, when Kevin applied for that, how did he apply? I mean, what, what exactly were the steps to apply for that? Um, he has to get with people in the prison, I guess some caseworkers there. I don't know too much about prison, but he had to file for compassionate release. He had to write a letter to the warden and to other districts of the court of why he thought he was uh, allowed to be out on compassionate release. And when they reviewed his case, that's when they brought up his career offender status and what he was in prison for. And they brought in their doctors that are hired by the prison to make a decision that he could stay in prison, that his health was okay. Okay. And was he, was he being treated for, um, in prison? Is he, or currently, is he being treated for those health conditions? Yes, he is. So why, why, why did they say that he was able to stay in prison then? If he was, if he's being treated for that and they can admit to him having those, those, uh, specific issues, health conditions that are, you know, obviously COVID is something that affects, um, you know, it can kill you with people that have like heart conditions and, and different health conditions. Why do you think that they were able to deny him? Um, because the doctors work for the prison and the, the prison system just corrupted. I actually worked for cardiology for many years and spoke to them about this. And even the cardiologist, I worked for 32 cardiologists and we used to write exemptions for people for work because of the same and lesser heart problems that he had. For, with during and was that during the 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 uh covid pandemic is that correct yeah i worked for cardiology during the whole pandemic okay and so let me let me ask you this what exactly um you know what is your goal with uh getting kevin's story out there my goal is just to get it out there um we do have that petition going on um what petition tell us until. tell us about that there's a petition on change.org. If you search Kevin Harden's name, you can sign the petition, and it explains everything more in detail about his health and about the case against him and the injustice for the black man. Um, we're almost at 4,700 signatures. We're trying to get to uh, 5,000. Okay. Um, it's more likely to be picked up by local news, but we're just trying to get his his story out there. We're trying to, we've done, reached out to every marijuana advocacy, and we got people for marijuana organizations working on his behalf i've reached out to celebrities and talk shows just to get this heard because i mean he's going on his 12th year and i just feel like justice has been served i mean this is marijuana it's about to be legalized and our government is capitalizing off of something right right so capitalizing off of something that he he was also capitalizing off of and that it sounds like to me i mean you know and i was kind of talking to said about that as well um, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of politicians and, um, you know, judges and the people that, you know, kind of make these convictions and sign these laws into play, they don't really take into account the fact that, you know, you have people out there that are struggling and, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta sell some weed, you know what I mean? To, to make, well, it's funny you meet. brought that up because when he had the heart problem, his first open heart surgery was before he went to prison they told him the cardiology told him he will never be allowed to work again because he cannot have stress Mm -hmm. he filed for disability multiple times and was denied and denied and denied mind you he has children and a family to take care of even if he was selling a little bit of weed here and there at least he wasn't out here selling heroin and fentanyl which just killed my father a couple years ago and that person's walking around scot-free to this day Really? So it's, 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 it's just, 
Yeah, thank you. But yeah, I see the injustice where I buried a father, but nobody has ever buried a loved one because they smoked some marijuana. So why do you why do you think that? So how long did he receive in prison? He, you said he's he's scheduled to get out in twenty thirty seven. Is that correct? Twenty thirty seven, thirty years, possibility of no parole. So why why do you think that they put him away for so long? Because he's black. You think and because he's black. So what what did they have? Um, you know, kind of, kind of explain that. Have you talked to anybody like the ACLU or anything like that? Or no, I haven't. You haven't. Okay. No, Have you considered just, doing that? I mean, I can consider it now because you brought it up. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just, just and like a lot of people on the petition too that signed it. They all left comments. Even the majority of people that left comments on his petition were white people, and they were baffled about his sentence. And some of the people were marijuana users for health. They had cancer. They had seizures and. Some were advocacies, but the majority of people on the petition are white Americans, and they see the injustice, and they were the ones talking about it like this wouldn't happen if it was a white man. The white man would have got probation or a couple years or mm-hmm. even a slap on the wrist. So you know you know what's crazy, and I don't know if you saw, but I actually um, set up a profile on jury nullification on the uh, com site. Did you submit something to that? I don't think so. Somebody did, and whoever it was said that they, um, it says my daughter's father, Kevin Harden, black male. That's was me. Just, okay, I figured it was. Um, I, I actually commented on that because I was reading a little bit about that, and I was looking through some of the other cases on there, and I'll be honest with you, Miss, it, do you go by Missy still or is it Melissa? Either or is fine. Okay, so I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was mind blown at the fact that through, I went through the first five pages of, of different stories um, of convictions of marijuana, and um, I only found two white people, two white men on there. Everybody else was either black or Hispanic, and that's mind-blowing to me. And then I was kind of digging into that a little bit, and it looks like to me about four, there's four times, you're four times as likely to be convicted for a marijuana conviction if you were a, a black man than if you were a white man. And that's just, that's mind-blowing to me. Um, I couldn't believe it. I knew the statistics were higher, and I wasn't, you know, I knew that it was going to be, you know, kind of disproportionate to a, um African-American, but I didn't realize it was that high. It definitely is, especially when I go visit him down there in Lexington. When I look at the waiting room, the majority of inmates in there are black. Now, now and why, I, don't, I don't know their crimes, but you right. know, I just know the statistics of the prison system with the black man in America. So why do you think, I mean, why do you think, and you're, you're, you're white, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. it's not like you're just saying this, you know, and, and that's the crazy thing about it is there's so many people out there that are like, oh, you're just saying that, or, you know, they'll give you this reason and that, but I mean, it's so blatantly obvious that it's, it's, um, it's so biased. Our judicial system is so biased against black people. And I, I, it's just mind-blowing to me. So why do you think that... So Kevin got 30 years for a marijuana conviction, right? Was that his only charge? Only charge was marijuana at 1,000 pounds. Okay. Now, so is there any possibility that Kevin could get out at any point soon in, in the near future? 
the only way we can get him out is if Biden goes on his word when he became president that he would legalize marijuana and let all the federal prisoners out. He's in jail for long sentences of marijuana. We're hoping after the election that he will stick to his word because what he just passed did not benefit not one person in prison. So two weeks ago, Biden put out a statement that he was going to be um, working to pardon people that were convicted of simple marijuana possession. And, and that um, was for that doesn't... Uh, people who, yeah, it's for people who's already out of jail that mm-hmm. has those convictions on their record so they can erase them to get housing and jobs. It doesn't benefit not one person that's sitting behind bars. So right if now. you're if you're in jail right now for a simple marijuana conviction, that doesn't work for in your favor at all? No, it don't. It's only for people who's out who needs their record clean so they can get a job or housing. Really? Okay. So... Let me ask you this. It's, it seems like Kevin's probably not going to be giving us a call back because he was supposed to call us at 8 o'clock, um, which is kind of concerning to me. Do you feel like – now, I was talking to Sed, and Sed was telling me that um, – and I told him how abruptly the call was ended. He told me that there was either – you know, it was either something where he only got 15 minutes and then, you know, they just hang up, but he can call us back, or there was something that was said during that conversation um, that's – that they could just cut the call off. What do you feel like? I, I, I'm really kind of concerned. I mean, do you think Kevin's okay, or do you think you know there was something in the that they didn't uh, like, or what? What you know has that ever happened to you? Is, um, no, but my honest opinion is, since he's speaking to you, and they know this is a broadcast, mm-hmm. uh, and it's eight twenty three, he would have called back. They probably did something and told the inmates they are not allowed to have any more phone calls for the night because he would have called back by now. Really, I figured he would, um, which he hasn't called because yeah. I was looking forward to speaking with him because I, I really didn't get to get, I mean, obviously a 15-minute phone call, I'm not going to get a whole lot of information. I'm not going to be able to get into the details of anything. Um, let me ask you this. So as far as his story goes, so he, he was arrested in Indianapolis, and then he's transported mm-hmm. to um, Texas to face um, indictment. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so when he gets to Texas and he's facing that indictment, um, the people that testified against him, kind of tell me about them. He said he didn't really even know who they were. Um, He said about 10 white Caucasian men testified against him. He did not know a single one of them. Okay, now were these people that were testifying against him as part of the conspiracy? Or was this someone that, you know, kind of, you know, what what exactly was the explanation of who these people were? The explanation basically was these people had encountered him multiple times. They'd done transactions with him. They knew the business was going on and all that stuff. I think it was just a conspiracy to conspire against him to make sure that they gave him the 30 years. Um, They brought in a bunch of white people that he don't even know. Right. Now, were the, so these people weren't facing any sort of, like, conviction or any, any sort of, like, crimes or indictments or anything like that? None. Really? Okay. Um, what, so let me ask you this. What exactly, the people that are listening to this, um, what exactly can they do to help and, you know, kind of give them some information of where they can reach out? Um, whether that be writing letters to somebody or signing a petition or whatever the case may be, what, what can we do to help? We would love everybody to email the president. You can email the president. You can just go to contact the White House. Um, you can put in your information. You can send an email to the president directly. 
Uh, we're asking people to reach out to the U.S. Pardon Attorney General's office. You can also write a, a statement to them. Um, we're asking people to sign the petition. And even if there's people like it always takes people to know people. If there's somebody out here listening who has more pull in this area, have friends in higher places that can get our word out, get our story out and just to bring him home. He's been gone for almost 12 years and with his health, we don't know how much longer he has to even be here for his family. He done missed out on 12 years of his children. And we just we just want him home at this point. I mean, he's tired. He, he, he and, and this is causing stress. This is putting more stress on his heart because he can't be there. He's got to sit in prison while those in Colorado and the governments are making money off of what he's sitting in prison for. So he's being punished. But if he's in prison, why isn't our government in prison? What What is the website that they can sign the petition? It's change.org. They would just go to the search bar and they would put Kevin Harden and just scroll down and you'll see a picture of him in his inmate outfit and you'll read the story I put on there and you're able to sign. You're able to make donations. I guess the donations go to the website. I don't get no donations at all. I guess it goes to the website to run the website and all that. But we're just trying to get the word out here as much as possible. What we really want is people to write the president. The more letters to the president, the more he's going to able to know that there's more people out here speaking for him. And that's how somebody we talked to, we have actually an advocacy who a man who did 25 years in prison for almost a similar crime. He's working for us. And he got out because everybody kept writing letters to the president. Have Have you guys considered maybe talking to the Innocence Project at all about... Um, I don't know exactly. I, I don't know if they handle cases like this, but I know that they, they work with inmates that are wrongly convicted. Um, or in, you know, I would feel like Kevin's case, he was overly convicted. Um, at the end of the day, he's not trying to deny that he partook in any crimes. He's just, you know, doesn't believe that he should be in prison as long as he should. Yeah, we just believe his amendment right was, uh, you know, the cruel and unusual punishment. We believe that's something that was uh, violated. Gotcha. Okay. So what what I'm gonna do, um, Melissa, is I'm gonna I'm gonna post that in the in our Facebook group. I don't know if you're part. Are you part of our Facebook group? Uh, I should be. Okay. I'll send you an invite if not. If you can join the group, and then what I'll do is I'm gonna get this episode um, published, and I'll put it out probably uh, Tuesday morning um, around 7 a.m. I'll send you the link on Facebook if you could share it. And um, then we can get his story out to as many people as possible. And um, for our listeners out there, if you guys have any questions or any any concerns or anything like that, you can always email us at mindoftheAlpha at gmail.com. Um, but, Melissa, we definitely appreciate you getting on here with us. And um, if you talk to Kevin, please let him know that we're praying for him. We're going to do what we can to help him. And... Um, you know, let me know. Let me know why he, you know, why he wasn't able to give us a call back. I definitely will. If he don't call me tonight, then I definitely know they turned the phones off for the night. Okay. All right. Yeah. And just, just send me a message. Let me know what's going on. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for your time. Uh huh. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, so we're going to give Seth a call. Um, give him a call back. Kevin wasn't able to call us. You just heard from Missy. Um, Melissa, that's Kevin's wife. Not sure exactly what happened, but let's give Seth a call and see what he has to say.
Hello? Hey, said it's Bobby. How you doing, man? Hey, Bobby. What's going on? Well, not much, man. I'm kind of worried, to be honest with you. Kevin never did give us a call back. Oh, snap. Uh, what time is it? It's almost 8.30. I actually just got off the phone with uh, Melissa. It might be count time. Well, he said... It might be count time there. I know he said that, so basically the way I was explained was that he was going to call us at 7.15 and then talk to us for, he said he could talk to us for 15 minutes and then he would call, he'd had to wait a half an hour and then call again at 8 o'clock. Um, and that's when I called you, but I, I spoke to, to Melissa and um, I, I'm kind of concerned. You, I mean, I, I, hopefully we didn't get him in any sort of trouble or anything like that. Are you, you know, do you know as an inmate? No, see? no, no, he should be all right. They, Okay. You weren't you weren't planning on escape, was you? What's that? No, <laughs> okay. no, no. <laughs> no. Okay, that's all. That's all he cares uh, about, yeah. man. Okay, contraband and escape. They yeah. don't play that shit. Yeah, we weren't but, talking uh, about uh, we weren't talking about nothing crazy like that, man. I mean, if we were gonna help him escape, we'd put something in a cake or something and send it to him. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, but no, yeah, no. They, they it's either, either. Even the line is long for the phones, which is possible because okay. it's Saturday. That's that's a that's probably what if people's in line for the phone. You only got so many phones to so many guys, so it's like it's probably one phone for every twenty guys. I got you. Okay. Like, okay. So it's probably that he just he's just in the he's in the rotation to get the phone again. You know, okay, because it's, it's one thing they do they respect each other about. You know, if you're in line, it's just, it's just a rotation. Okay. So okay. So just waiting his turn, basically. Yeah. What yeah. time? So, so what time? Be, from well, what I understood, though, that he was he's not able to make calls again until like after they shut the phones off at like eight thirty. I think he, she said um, he can't make calls again until like nine or nine thirty. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think as I said, I think it's cow time. So he baby, he's probably gonna call you probably. Soon as he uh, come off the count. Okay, okay. So we'll just wait for his call there. But I wanted to give you a call back, man. Because um, number one, because I told you I was going to, and I'm a man of my word. Um, right. But right. number two, I wanted to ask you. Melissa was telling us that um, a lot of, um, you know, some of the things that they were, she was doing to help try to get Kevin released and and get him freed. Um, which was, right. you know, what you said, you wrote a letter to the president and she has a petition on change.org and that sort of thing. Um, right. and I kind of asked her, if she had reached out to maybe the ACLU and talked to them or anything like that, or the innocence project. Um, but let me ask you this, man, are you, what are you actively doing, um, to other than writing a letter to the president? Is there anything that else that, you know, the people listening that they can do to help? Um, yeah, I mean, he has, like I said, he has a petition on there on change.org. Uh, you know, you look at your name, and we I push for the petition. You know, I put it on Facebook, Instagram, um, anything that, you know, like that it will help, you know, just bring awareness to, you know, like his, his situation, man. Like, he, he's, he's been there over 10 years, you know, for marijuana, and, uh, and it's just, it's just, it's crazy, you know, for me, you know, like, like I said, several the guy, my friend, he's the only one left on the case that's still incarcerated. He's the only one so left? 
Yeah, I, I think like ten, ten people. I didn't. 11, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody else is out. Everybody else is home. They, they even got uh, commute assist of a, of a sentence, or they're done with their time, so they didn't get that much. That's absolutely mind blowing, man. Why do you think that is? I I, have, I don't know. I just had uh, one of my, uh, a co-defendants on that case. He just, he, just, he got a commute a sentence um, two years ago, and he had a life sentence. He had a life sentence. Is he one of the ones that applied for the compassionate release through the Trump program? Yeah. Yeah, he got it. Yeah, that's the one got it. Okay. And then so. Kevin was denied, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Are you, let me ask you this, Seth, are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Um, how, I'm going to, if you want me to, I can edit this out, but how can I, how can I get in touch with you on Facebook? Because I'd like to send you a friend request, and then um, okay. I would also like to invite you to our private group, um, the Mind of the Alpha podcast group, and that way, okay. you know, any of our group members can actually, you know, if they have any questions or anything like that, if you don't mind, they could talk to you about it. Um, but then also, you know, if you could just share, um, I'd like to get Kevin's story out there. And that's the ultimate goal with this is to get his story out there and try to get him home before Christmas. That'd be awesome. Man, it'd be like phenomenal, man. You know, and that's what I pray. I just feel like that, that is something that is so tangible that he can be home for Christmas. That'd be, that'd be amazing, man. So how can I, how can I send you a friend request on, on Facebook? Uh, it's, uh, it'll be under Big Sid Fuller. Actually, do do me a favor, said. If you could just text me that information, because I don't know how you feel about putting it out there. There's a, We have a lot of listeners here. Um, so I don't know, you know, if you want to put your information out there or not. You want you just want to text me that information? Yeah, that'd be better. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you a text after we get off here. And um, you can okay. text me that. I'll send you a friend request, and I'll invite you over to the group. And then um, I plan to put this episode out on Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning. Okay. So when I do, I'll send you the link. That way, you can share the link, and um, we'll try to get you know try to get do what we can do to help. Yeah, man, and, and, and I'm really grateful for just what you're doing right now. You know, I just it just got the, the traction of anything. It, it helps. I agree. You know, let's let's be honest with each other, said. I mean, we're all we're all human beings. We're all here for each other. We need to band together. Um, yeah. A lot of times, our government is pretty oppressive, and I'm a white I'm a, I'm a Caucasian. You know what I mean? I'm a white male, and I feel like that as a white male, um, the unfortunate part about that is, is I don't suffer through the same things you do as a black man. And I can recognize that. And I, and I feel bad for that. You know what I mean? I, I think it's, uh, there's an, a great injustice out there in our country right now against um, African-American men and women, but especially African-American men. I couldn't imagine being a black man in society right now. You know what I mean? And some of the shit that you go through. So whatever I can do to advocate for that, man, I'm here to help. Right, man. I appreciate it, man. Just like I said, we just... Take it one day at a time, and like I said, we we just try to you know keep our voices up and, and let people know what's going on because you really have people who don't even realize some of this stuff really happens. 
know, the social media has changed a lot mm-hmm. for information-wise. So people now really started like, really, that really happens? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> you know, it's so. it's crazy, man. And at the end of the day, bro, if you take my skin off, you take your skin off. We're still made of blood and muscles. You know what I mean? So hey, blood and muscles, same yep, thing. We're man. all the same, man. Same so thing. whatever we can do to help, man, we'll get it out there. We'll get it pushed out, and um, I'll do what I can right. on my end. But right. but um, I'll shoot you a text message, okay? All right, great, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate the love, man. Thank you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate your time. I know you took some time out, right. some valuable time out th- to uh, jump on here with us, but um, I'll talk to you soon. All right, great. All, All right. right, man, thank you. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Yep. You too. Bye-bye. Um, it sounds like to me there's a lot of injustice out there, and the sad part about it is, is yeah, he, he, um, he definitely is admitting to his guilt as far as um, you know, per- partaking in the the uh, the movement of marijuana. But at the end of the day, what are we talking about? We're talking about a fucking plant. We're talking about something that you can smoke or, you know, you can take in a gummy form or you can take in a drink form that kind of relaxes you. It helps with your anxiety. A natural plant. But at the end of the day, it's still scheduled as a class one drug. It's still scheduled as the same drugs... And in, in the same paragraph, how can you even say that it's the same thing as fentanyl or marijuana? I don't understand it. When, especially when you're, we, there's so many states that are legalizing marijuana at this time and so many states out there that are you know, telling us, advocating for the, the legalization of marijuana, but still our federal government can, can you know, put you in prison for 30 fucking years over a plant? It's just ridiculous to me. You know, I don't, I don't, myself, I used to smoke marijuana. I don't smoke it as much anymore um, just because that's a personal choice. But at the end of the day, why is it that you can't take it? If, you, if that's what you want to do, if you decide that you want to smoke marijuana or you want to you take a gummy that has some THC in it, then so be it. You know, you can't smoke a joint, but you can go out and drink fucking 20 beers if you want and then get in a wreck and kill somebody. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, hopefully, you guys will check out change.org. Search for Kevin Harden. That's K-E-V-I-N. And last name is H-A-R-D-E-N. Um, I, I just don't understand it, man. I really don't. Um, hopefully, we can help him. And hopefully, we can get Kevin home. I know they're really fighting to get him home before, before Christmas. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But hopefully it does. So until next week, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and um, and end it with a how. That's a solo how. And um, hopefully you guys will sign that petition. Email us. Let us know what you think. Join the Facebook group. You can reach me at Bobby Carmen on Facebook. You can reach us at Mind of the Alpha Podcast on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. And uh, we're always here for you. So if you guys have a story that's similar and you want to get that out or you know somebody, then let us know. But until next week, we will see you then.